This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Hi, LSPod fans, it's JR here. Burt's Babes, Hoddle's Heroes, even Decanio's Dozens. We've had some iconic lineups in our history at Swindon, just like the legendary menu at McDonald's. Parkin' or Austin, sweet curry or barbecue? Why not get a McNugget share box to enjoy the debates with your mates? And thanks to book delivery, every drop-off can be a home win. Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points too. No one wants to drop points at home, and with tasty rewards to earn, you won't be missing out. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. It's swindling time. I'm back. Hello, Joe. Hello, Rich. Uh, how are you doing? Are you over the worst of it now? Over the worst of it, but it's still ridiculously still here, which... I tend to shrug off a cold or just deal with it like within 24 hours. We're into day five and it's not COVID, but I'm, I'm okay. And I've got to put on a brave face because I don't think I'll be allowed out of the house tomorrow to go to the game if I if I say I'm still very poorly sick. The whole house has got it, but thank you. Uh, how are you? Yes, I'm, I'm, I'm doing well. Um, back into the swing of things after... Madrid is already a faint memory of uh, what the sun looks like. Five nil, wasn't Five it? Five nil, yeah. It's, it's you know, it's not, it's not bad. Not, not a bad game, and you know, it could even have been higher if, uh, if Angel Correa knew how to shoot. But such <laughs> is the game. When it comes to football tourism, and I've done, I used, when I used to go out and work in Spain a bit, I used to see Espanol quite a few times. And my thing was just give me goals. I don't, I don't care if it's seven nil or three three. Just give me something. The same when I've been to Germany and so forth. I'm not precious on it when it when it comes to football tourism. I don't care who wins. If I went to Bayern Munich many moons ago and it was a drab one one draw and I was furious. Yeah, it's that. It's, it's the same for me really. This was the the ones we've done. This was the first time the home teams actually won, but. I mean, it's five. I think it was five three to Sassuolo when we were in Roma. 
Uh, you know, you, you don't mind at all that the home team has lost that day. And uh, slightly less fun, uh, a 1-0 in uh, of Empoli beating Napoli as much as the late goal was fun. And I was there for the sacking, so... Yeah, they've they've they all turned out okay, but that one's that one's still the still the least entertaining. But we've we've I think I've got fairly lucky in terms of games so far. Yeah, I I have, don't think I've seen a truly great game overseas, but they seldom come around in England, so I can't, I can't get can't be too precious on it. Didn't Jr. do well? Yeah, he, well, he's uh, he's always got his creative, creative bones going, isn't he? Whenever, <laughs> whenever he gets to step in, so it's that's always fun to listen back to. Yeah, he is one big walking copyright infringement, but we love him for it. Yeah, that's uh, the best type of of uh, of person to have on standby, I think. <laughs> uh, Joe, you went up to the Stockport game. Let's let's, fin- let's start this by finishing there, but crucially word of being spoiled in the press room in terms of snacks yes it was it was um i would i would say probably bradford was the previous leader in this area this season but stockport going straight in at number one uh in terms of press press room refreshments um you know they're just stand out and absolutely fantastic fantastic curry that they had and it was help yourself as well which they aren't usually um so that was great and also uh hot drinks and stuff ready to be poured um, it was it was fabulous, and I, I said to Andrew, um, you know, we, I, I didn't really care before, but we've got to get something here. We can't, we can, I can't stand idly by us and give Stockport six points to to take this away from me. Uh, <laughs> I, I can't allow that to happen. So, yeah, it was I, I had a renewed vigor for Swindon to to make something of themselves up at Stockport, and well, you know, we've slightly got in their way. We've continued their difficult momentum, if nothing else. Yep, we have played our part if it all goes terribly wrong. Because if they don't make automatics, you just know they're going to balls it up in the playoffs. And uh, we're all there. Although, curry on tap feels like a dangerous little game. It does. Thankfully, the sort of it's a bit of a walk to the to the actual <laughs> press room. Uh, it's a slightly awkward position, so it wasn't sort of uh, I wasn't able to abuse it as much as I uh, had spent long, long, a long time thinking about potentially doing, but. Yeah, it was it was outstanding, quite frankly, and uh, I'm, I've been dreaming about it ever since. Great, outstanding food, no gravy. It sounds like no, no, uh, no great, no gravy for for that, but uh, plenty of sauce, and it was as a uh, you know, it's just a good time. But yeah, I heard from the away end that apparently they're not giving gravy, are they? With like they do for the home fans, which just feels like you know anti-southern bias coming in again, it's like the yeah. BBC. <laughs> yes, but they get their food right. So if it's to stick it to the south, then sometimes we've got to take the hit, I think. But yes, an outstanding food review. Loved it. Thank you very much. Not an outstanding game of football, but a very useful point. What was your what was your take on this one? Yeah, not not the best game. I think I guess if we're looking towards the positives, obviously, you know, you've gone and drawn with the team at the start of the day were were top of the league and now, for the for one of very few times this season, possibly the only time you could say that Swindon displayed a bit of grit and determination to to keep a clean sheet. Obviously, Stockport have their big chances, and Jack Pycroft is there when needed. But that it did feel like Swindon defensively were fairly well structured throughout. They were they were making it difficult for Stockport, if not impossible. Um, and you know, it, it felt like you know both. Um, 
I think Gavin Gunning possibly goes too far in his description of Swindon's ability to to have possibly won this game. But obviously, Zach Elbazetti has a has a huge chance, and there are a couple of others that fall uh, usually to the feet of Jake Kane, which which he seems to have a bit of a knack of um, to, to have a few more half chances. And then there's Drinan shot in the second half, so uh, Swindon weren't were devastating on the counter attack, like it felt like you know, some of the players in that team maybe could have been, but. Uh, defensively, I think in a season of of just the worst examples of defending stacked on top of each other and all the worst habits, uh, it 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 felt like a a pretty major positive in terms of attitude, if nothing more. I agree. I agree. Well, here we go then. The final match of a six-game month and Gavin Gunning will be looking to end a run of four games without a win and a victory which we haven't enjoyed in February thus far. Tramier are up next. Now, what was it, 12 games to go? In my opinion, the run-in doesn't start until Mansfield because that's 10 games. That's how that's how I consider the home straight in terms of a of an end-of-season run-in. Where do you stand with this? Yeah, I put a hard cap on 10 games for being the run-in. This is still mid-season territory, um, especially as it's February. And, you know, obviously we don't play into May this season, but it would feel quite far out for the end of the season for us to be in it as far. So I guess we're about one quarter of the season to go roughly at this point in the season but yeah I, I would look at 10 games and go like yeah from there's your running not that it not that it matters a huge deal to us well 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 of course I agree with you uh, currently on 40 points with 36 points to play for given a 76 points if we were to do something absolutely crazy like win every game for the rest of the season but that would still be one point less than what we achieved under Ben Garner uh, you did a article recently we didn't discuss it because I wasn't here but I, I thought it was good fun and I think it was good in just reminding people that yeah nothing is impossible we can't say it's definitely not going to happen but this is what needs to happen in order for us to do something really quite extraordinary I think and I mentioned this on the pod with Max I'm sort of convinced that Gavin Gunning is saying that results are on their way and this might be a bit harsh to Gavin Gunning but I don't necessarily think it's because what he's seeing on the training pitch and what what he the faith he has in his squad is is to the point where he feels that it'll turn around. I'm just looking at our run in and just ruining the fact that we weren't ten points better off because in terms of the positions of our opposition and the home games that we have next, uh, it, it feels even th- this is it. And people, you know, I, I might be negative from time to time, but I, I look at it and go. Well, I don't think the Beamish line is in jeopardy, even though we're a bit behind, because there feels like feels like that there are some winnable games for the next month or so. Yeah, it, it really does feel that way. I think looking at the, the games we've had under Gavin Gunning, even these games, if you know, if Salford doesn't, you know, miraculously draw that one and you maybe and you pick up three points against Gillingham like we should have done, you know, even if that was the case, those slightly small twists then we would still be miraculously on the in the, at the bottom of the playoff pack but still kind of in that area which it just just feels plain wrong and you say you know we've got a lot of the the bad sides to, to still to come in terms of Sutton Grimsby Doncaster um Colchester well no sorry not Colchester but all, most of the other teams who are down there we've still got them to play we've we've got through most of the form sides in the last couple of games as well so 
you know, if if this was on, and I think Jack Bycroft even mentioned it after the game, he's like, well, you never know. Obviously, that the article I did last week was a, this is what you never know would entail. Um, so, um, but it would it would still feel like there was it, like we had a very strong chance to essentially do what Ben Garner's side did did, which is win the final six of the regular season, um, and something similar to that. It it wouldn't be too unlikely if we would if we were just slightly better and and we're ridiculously bad now and and even a small upturn we'd be we'd be right in it but that's that's not for us anymore i think i think we should be able to put it to bed i i think so i think what we've seen in the last weekend is we've seen the huge increase in positions for crawley and walsall and people go well if, it, if Crawley and Walsall could do it, but they're still eight and nine points ahead of Swindon. And that's, that's sometimes all it takes. I think seventh is definitely up for grabs for a lot of teams. And that's the problem, isn't it? That's the problem is that there's just, it's too crowded and we will be relying on results all over the place. And the, I'm, I'm kind of enjoying the fact that we're entertaining this for a few moments, both saying it's absolutely not going to happen, but we've got to fill the silence for 12 more games or 11 more games. And if they are all dead rubbers, then we're not going to enjoy ourselves. And that's why I'm going on a game by game basis at the moment. Yeah. I do kind of fear I used up too many of my sort of uh, bigger picture state of the union questions on Gavin Gunning today, to be honest, given that I've got to <laughs> ask him another 12 times uh, be- before this season is out. But yeah, I-, I guess the issue is when you're 18th and the team in 16th can very realistically still make the postseason. It feels like it's close, even though it is in absolutely no way close. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, this is where we're at. It's, it's. I can deal with it. The one thing that I'm struggling with is this argument that, well, let's prepare for next season when everything just seems so uncertain in terms of our squad that that even that feels kind of redundant right now. And we've got ourselves in a little bit of a pickle on the pitch. And, well, we've just got to deal with it and see out the rest of the season and bemoan the fact that there's no football in May because that makes pre-season or the, the purgatory between end of season and pre-season so long. Yeah, that's that's kind of why in January, even when it was, you know, even back then, I was thinking, why aren't we looking for the manager now, Blade of the Foundations now? Um, and in, in many ways, you could say that they have because they, they do want, I'm pretty certain they want Gavin Gunning. But, um you know, if, in terms of looking for making some use of what we're doing, then you would have a person in place who you know is going to be in place, and then you would kind of be looking for the to put some name. In fact, the the column I wrote today was kind of about this in terms of uh, through the lens of Jack Bycroft, who was outstanding at the weekend. Um, you know, trying to get some names down in pen for the first game of next season, which at this moment in time, I think I would say there are three. And Bycroft is one who is trying to put his name in that. But there probably aren't enough players who are, who are even going to be in that conversation because most of this lot are just too far gone for me to think about it that way. Indeed, indeed. OK, well, as seems to be the custom with the press at the moment, uh, we like hearing how... Gavin Gunning is settling in and how he's getting used to it all. Uh, he's he's a month in now. He's five games or whatever <laughs> into the role. He, he's been here for 
a year and a half plus, but now it's about him implementing things, which really lends to the argument that you were saying there that you're quite certain that Gavin Gunning is the person that will become the permanent manager. I'm still not sold on that, not because of his ability as a as a as a as a leader or coach. I just I just surely don't think that's the case. But how's it going? Yeah, well, I, as as we kind of knock down the sort of when is a run in in style, I think this is we're probably at the end of the what is a settling in phase of of question asking, but for possibly one final ride, um, he's he, again he, we, we're at the point where he can look slightly bigger picture of the well, you can see what I've done so far stage and saying you know it uh, he feels that from the outside it should be fairly obvious what he's done in terms of stylistically trying to put those things in place and obviously Stockport was a very different game because you're playing away against top of the league but um but he he feels like that is kind of the crucial part this far in terms of changing that style changing I think it's technically the answer to a different question but it's the same theme in terms of changing the dynamic in the changing room and those things doing them first and then he hopes from from the fact that you would have done that, that that you can kind of get to the results as much as it would have been nice if they if they'd arrived slightly sooner yeah there's various things that make me sort of think well it's got to be gunning hasn't it because they've leaned so hard into him the sheer fact that he was sat there at the fans forum fielding questions as an interim head coach whether it's for one game or, or 15 games is quite a thing and something that Gunning really should be applauded for to a degree. I mean, some of the things he said probably wasn't ideal, but it's still something that to get that stuck in is probably a good thing for him. And then there's things that the club haven't done for him or Gavin Gunning has agreed to, and that's stuff like coaching staff and not being able to bring in somebody that you trust uh, in order to in order to sort of bounce ideas off and the coaching element was discussed in this and it sounds like plenty of people have the opportunity to uh, make suggestions to the point where I think Joe that you're not a million miles away from being able to go have you thought of this well we know I had that relationship with Scott Lindsay so uh, I imagine I can't be far off it with Gavin Gunning either but this was this was an interesting answer in terms of the conviction I think it, the point does need to be made um, because I made a, a joke to it to Henry afterwards and he was like well no uh, I don't think he necessarily meant uh, did, could could someone from accounting pop in his door and say have you thought about playing with inverted wingers for example but the very literal person Joe come on <laughs> but um, I think that was just the person who walked through the door during that conversation but um, but you know in terms of uh, he, he was talking about he 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 feels the decisions have to be his and the the main voice has to be his. But in terms of the environment that he wants to create, and again, this is one of the many reasons why I, I'm pretty sure he, he I'm pretty certain he's at least who they want to be the head coach. If not, it's definitely going to be the choice. We talked about creating an environment where and he, he mentions Henry by name in the answer and he mentions the kit men, but Obviously, there are, there are more people at the club who this would apply to in terms of if they have a suggestion that they would want to give to him in terms of culture, not in terms of playing style, because obviously that's a fair a fair way beyond their rank. But in terms of would it not be a good idea if we tried this to help things out, or if we tried doing this? And he would he he says that he wants to foster an environment where people could say those kind of things to him, and he would listen to them because I think. 
the probably the interesting quote that comes out of it where he says that you know um you know his voice has to be the loudest but in, if you're not listening to anyone else then that's kind of where the problem is and if you think you're the cleverest in the room then that's that's problematic and that was i think uh, in in terms of mod modern leadership it was it was probably a, a fairly evolved way of looking at it from from Gavin Gunning. Very much so, but a lot of me, when listening to it, was just like, so bring in an assistant manager that you value and trust then? Well, yeah, I mean, we all want him to do that. And actually, at Stockport, I very briefly thought that he had, but I think the person just turned out to be a physio I, I don't think I'd seen before. But um, it's like, you know, we, we've, we've both said all along, I, I imagine everyone is almost entirely in the same camp of, uh, why not have someone else? Because the you know, even in naming the coaching staff, as Andrew Hawes did in the asking of the question, it's three people plus, and that includes Liam McCartan, who's the analyst, um, plus like sports science guys. But that's that's the extent of their staff, and it, it just isn't enough people. And I, f I feel like we've all known that, and it's strange that they've that the club have acted openly away. Like I don't I don't know for sure that it's Clermont Mooney or whoever saying you know you can't have one but and they've reverse engineered it's like gavin just say you don't want one and and we'll we'll run it that way or he genuinely doesn't want one it's it's tough to say for sure but it just does and always has felt like a strange note for them yeah in 2024 it certainly feels the case because i know people will say what does it matter uh you know you're dwelling on it you're being negative for the sake of negative but like people have compared and we've had it on this pod where you know opposition have got staff that are too vast for us to to have them all on the bench we've got to get additional seats and you know that that's great if you've got the budget but again like yeah I, I, we're dwelling on it but you know it just it just feels it does feel a little cheap option i suppose is the want of a better phrase and also why are you complaining if you don't think we're going to do anything why waste money on a coaching staff if they're if they're not going to go up well i still want us to finish as positively as possible i suppose and gavin gunning is a rookie it doesn't matter it doesn't matter how much experience he's got in playing the game in terms of a league two uh outfit a professional outfit he's he's, he's still a rookie had a good time last season and in, in the three or four games that he co-caretaker head coached with, with Steve Mildenhall. But it's all about giving ourselves the best opportunity to be as good as we can be. And there's so many instances this season where it's felt like we've not done it and we've not done it knowing that there would probably be a detrimental impact. And they've also built a squad full of young players by their own admission in terms of the chart that was put up by Jamie Russell at the Fans Forum. And they don't have particularly well fleshed out coaching staff to help those people develop and even that would be for next season so it, it feels like all round it just felt it feels like it would make more sense they're not doing it you know it doesn't feel like that's ever gonna or maybe it will change in the summer if i'm gonna get it full time but it doesn't feel like it's gonna change right now and that's that's the decision they've made and i don't agree with it but that's what they've done and I'm totally with you on that. I'm not calling for it. I've made my peace with the decision they made. I don't necessarily agree with it. But again, there's so much I'm kind of holding back until the end of the season for before we really are critical. We ask the questions because you really don't want to make big claims or big statements until the season's out, just in case 
the crazy does happen. This isn't critical. I'm absolutely gagging to see what is. <laughs> uh, Gavin Gunning was asked about putting things together. You know, it's, at the moment, the performances are there. And he's been very focused on this on this sort of rhetoric uh, in recent times, hasn't he? In terms of he's acknowledging that the three points, that's what the fans want. But he has been highlighting that the, the performances are there, which I think some will agree with, some won't necessarily agree with. He, he gave us a little bit of detail of what he's trying to do to, to put this right. Yeah, and it's, again, it's kind of boosting the... And we kind of asked similar things a couple of times. So you get similar answers, obviously. Um, and he he talks about in terms of um, football being a fickle game, not just from supporters, but from people within football clubs who are wanting results immediately. And obviously they're going to because results is which is is what it matters. And everyone knows that. And Gavin Gunning understands that. And he's talked. Whilst he's been t- focusing on the performances as positives, and you know, with the exception of MK Dons, that is that's the case more or less. Stop is is interesting thing, but prior to that, the performances had been good, and I, I think people wouldn't really argue that. Um, but you know, he 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 says he feels like with everything they've been putting into place in terms of the style and that familiarity, and I think he he talked a lot about kind of the information and and the uh, responsibilities he was giving to players in terms of understanding their roles and doing that a lot better. And obviously, as you go on and keep doing the same thing, that's going to come. So he says that with what they've been doing behind the scenes and the performances they've been able to put in, even if they weren't able to get the results, and uh, he's, he's, he's maintained often, but was very strong in its day, that he feels very optimistic that that kind of string of results and things to make you know provably show that things are going in the right direction is not far away and that he's kind of hoping that with you know they they kind of will have been able to blend the the January arrivals with the club with the squad that existed before that and obviously you're, you're still bringing the fitness levels up which has been much discussed over the last couple of weeks <laughs> as well and once you've kind of married those two things then presumably the the results would follow because they've been close enough to them as is. I don't think we'll have a, a season quite like this one in terms of squad and what we've had to do. And Gavin Gunning referenced it in this presser, like just to have basically two pre-seasons is pretty extraordinary. And as we go to the farce of that, we have two farcical questions, not because you asked them, it's because of the answers, because you know, we, we never know what we're going to get with one of them and the next one simply cannot be true. So the, the next question to Gavin Gunning that we'll cover is on contracts. And the reason why I said it simply cannot be true because he, he was talking about like not being interested in, in discussing that nature of it. The reality is others will be, won't they? I mean, Jamie Russell's job is, is probably linked to the contract situation they'll have to be figuring out which the under 18s are going to be getting deals i'm sure most already know usually around this time of year and we don't want to be falling into the same trap yet again so once you give a little bit more context to what gavin gunning said on on contracts there's just no way that the club are just leaving it to uh game by game basis at this stage even if we were going to do wholesale changes in the summer. Yeah, Gavin Gunning himself said that he he personally had no real interest in thinking about 
the contracts of players and kind of, I guess, using that as a motivational tool in terms of telling players that they've got 12 games to earn it kind of thing. He said that he was personally focusing on a game-to-game basis, which, again, when he, he kind of talks big picture about what he's doing stylistically a lot, and that isn't necessarily a game-to-game thing, but you know, managers will, will talk about this. In, in terms of they he he's focusing on, on getting the games um getting you know starting to get those results that that we've been mentioning and then he says you know for players if if they play well enough and the contracts will come anyway so he doesn't really contract needs to be here already if if the players are achieving though don't they it's february it's almost march <laughs> they've got to be in contract negotiations. Don't, don't wait until May to offer the people you want to keep contracts because they'll be halfway out the door. Yeah, well, yeah, that's, I mean, you would, you would hope that that's what they're doing. I think Johnny Williams kind of already knew by this point last season. So yep. if, if they've not done it, then, you know, that's strange. Uh, it wouldn't be the strangest thing that Swindon Town do operationally, but it would be <laughs> an odd pro- place to be. I think the the get out here is that Gavin Gunning himself isn't necessarily involved in that yet. It's you know, Jamie Russell. Jamie Russell has said himself that he's already working on the summer, so it seems impossible to me that they're not involved in contracts with his players. Because how can you scout the next squad if you don't know which members of your current squad are going to go and be part of that? So Precisely. it feels very unlikely that that there is no work going into it. Gavin Gunning can probably plausibly get himself out of that work, but uh, given that, again, it feels very likely that, well, he himself has said that he works with uh, Jamie Russell on that. Russell has said that. Morfuni has said that. So uh, he is definitely working on that side of it, and they are acting as if Gavin Gunning is going to be the head coach. So I, I don't think he's telling the truth here, really. <laughs> but, yeah, I think he was always going to answer if we're not really thinking about that because you would be going very public very early uh, by saying a whole lot more. Yeah, I completely agree. And I think that's what I was going with at the start. There's just There was just a lot of words there. And I'm just like, well, of course, you, you might as well have just said, I'm not at liberty to talk about <laughs> contracts right now, but things are happening. They're always happening. What's the next question, please? And that is injuries. So how are we doing on the injury front? Maybe. Who knows? We'll find out tomorrow night. Yeah, this this is the injury questions are more or less pointless, but uh, here's what we know. George McEachran obviously came off during that second half of Ricky Aguiar. Uh, he said he was he's fine. He said straight after the game that it was an impact injury, uh, and that is still the case, so at least that hasn't changed. Um, and they're kind of still going to see about that, to, about if he's going to be ready for the game, but they're, they're hopeful that he will be um, available to play, which would be very, very useful because... Uh, uh, we'll get to it in a second, but Saido Khan is still suspended. And then he said that everyone else has come through and recovered and are fine. Uh, Yudoka Godwin Malifa was left out due to being, feeling quite tight. Uh, I think Godwin Malifa at this point has the most appearances of any Swindon player this season, possibly tied with Austin. Um, so he's kind of dealing with that a little bit in terms of having lacked a, uh, having been with a club for preseason. So. Maybe that's catching up with him a little bit. He was rested and he should be fine for this game. But again, neither him nor McEachern was confer- was definitely confirmed in or out. Yeah, Godwin Malife has started more games than anyone in the league this season. But I think Charlie Austin, including sub appearances, is ever present. I think he's played in every game this season, which is 
quite something for in, for many in many ways. But yeah, uh, he he has been her most used outfield player this season thus far. And I think imagine in terms of starts. Saidu Khan won't be far behind, but he won't be adding to his tally against Tramier because he's serving the second of a two-match ban, one of life's big inevitabilities this season. Although our discipline record, really, in terms of suspensions, has been quite good this season. Yeah, we're, we're, we're well down. I think we obviously had that moment earlier in the season where we had four players on four yellow cards, like two games before the yeah, the the amnesty. Uh, I think we we obviously had that, and I, I think only one player actually ended up getting suspended. So, yeah, we we've actually been quite good with it, given how many uh, the sort of record breaking number of red cards we had last season. Um, <laughs> and actually, uh, just randomly looking at tables earlier today, saw that uh, Crawley Town are right up the top once again for yellows not caused by fouls. So I think maybe that's a Scott Lindsay thing. But uh, yeah, Khan Khan fairly inevitably is always going to get suspended. And uh, talking kind of about the absence of him, uh, Gunning points out what we all said as soon as the window closed. But uh, we're we're also partially too caught up on the the McCurdy Biddle to care a great deal. Uh, Said that obviously without Saito Khan is more or less your only holding midfielder in the squad. And even then he's not exactly a perfect fit in that position. uh, and then Gunning saying, you can kind of play McEachran there, but that's not really him. And the others are more advanced midfield players. You know, you're hardly going to play Jake Kane at the base of a midfield three. So uh, he's, he referred to it as wheeling and dealing in terms of uh, fitting the midfield shape around the missing Khan, because uh, you're a little bit stuck for archetypal players in that position. This is why you've heard some fans calling for Mr. Tommy B to be in the defensive midfielder role and slightly quieter noises for Harrison Minton. Yeah, I think Minton played there once in the under Lindsay against Bristol Palace under 23s, the night of the Tyree Shade dominant performance, as it will forever be known. And uh, yeah, it didn't brew it going there once and it didn't go very well. And I feel like it started to go a bit quieter on the please play brew it there front. Although I did briefly think he was going to do it when Brewitt was getting stripped and ready to come on at Stockport, but he just moved him into the back three. Ah, lovely. Okay, uh, a few or oh, a couple of bits and pieces before we get to Trabier Rovers. Oh, Tyree Shade, they're loving him at Solihull, aren't they? Yeah, he's he's having a great time down uh, over there. He's uh he's really living his best life. Two was it two assists on his debut, and he's he's really hit the ground running. So good for Tyrese. Uh, uh, coming good just in time to no longer play for Swindon and then be out of the contract in the summer. Ah, yes. <laughs> Sunrise, sunset. And I've enjoyed uh, fans sort of say he's found his level. Uh, they're currently fourth in the National League, which is a... more or less our level. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. Maybe a little bit of TLC is all Tyree Shane needed, eh? But yeah, they're they're well in the playoff push. See you next year, Tyrese. Yeah, <laughs> we'll 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 enjoy coming up there and getting to see him once once he's he is actually officially at our level once more, and presumably will score at least twice. Oh gosh. Uh, let's think about that when we get there. Set pieces. Uh, before we talk about Tramia Rovers, Gavin Gunny was asked about set pieces. Yeah, we lost our supposed guru, didn't we, when Wayne Hatswell left. So um, it's, it's, it sounds like the responsibilities have gone back to uh, Steve Mildenhall, certainly in terms of defending set pieces. And uh, Gunning was, I guess, kind of jovial in his responses. I was like, well, it'd be nice if we could, you know, 
actually get one. They've been, you know, he was, uh, again, he, he started to say, oh, I think we <laughs> didn't defend set pieces very well, and then realised that that was an obvious jinx situation and said, oh, probably shouldn't have said that. But um, they've been they've been happy with that aspect. Obviously, playing Stockport and they're very good at them, and I don't think they came too close from a corner uh, at the weekend. But uh, in terms of attacking them, obviously Swindon once again not great at that. Uh, and uh, I, I feel like Michael Flynn said more or less the same thing during his time. We said uh, about being aggressive and being instinctive rather than reactive in those situations, and you know the want to head the ball more than anything else, which. It feels like it has to boil down to more than that, but I think set pieces are, are more rudimentary than, uh, than foot, in football than we would maybe uh, like them to be. So maybe it does. I mean, Gavin Gunning was a centre-back. And also, uh, I, I guess, and this, this links into an answer that will come up in the Joe zone in terms of Swindon lacking the players who are going to do that kind of stuff. Hi Rich, just a reminder to let you know I'm on Points West again tonight, so make sure you tune in. Oh no, here I am holidaying in Europe and I'm going to miss Dan's latest appearance talking about another deep side town performance on the television. Unless, haha, of course, I can use my NordVPN subscription. NordVPN allows you to watch sporting events, TV shows and films which aren't available in your region by switching your virtual location with one click to a country which is showing the content. So I'll never miss another Points West with Dan ever again. Huzzah! NordVPN acts as your cyber bodyguard whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive information like card details and passwords from falling into the wrong hands. NordVPN is the price of a cup of coffee per month, and one NordVPN account can be used across six devices. So to get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash strangers. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee, and you'll help support the podcast along the way the link is in the podcast episode description box lovely stuff hi ls pod fans it's jr here enthusiastic contributor and former swindon mcdonald's employee farewell outlet village one time i got to serve the then swindon manager roy evans yes i know what you're wondering big mac with medium fries and admittedly why roy may have regretted some choices at sm1 well you can't go wrong with the classics and you can't go wrong with muck delivery where instead of you getting in a time machine and coming to me your favorites can come to you order now on the mcdonald's app at participating restaurants 18 plus serving times delivery fee and terms apply see mcdonald's.com well that's really fired up the home crowd now and swindon buzzing here and because again rather uncertain with that cross and the shot almost comes to mitchell Another goal! Incredible! OK, Tramier Rovers at home Tuesday night. We lost to them 2-1 back in December. One of those typical Swindon Town games. Uh, catching them at a bad time, I suppose, as they proved to be on quite a run. It turned out to be one defeat in 10 games during that time of the season for Tramier. In 2024, they have played nine games, won three, drawn one and lost five, including their most recent game against Forest Green Rovers. They did, however, beat Stockport 4-0 the week before. So that's a good old fashioned lottery (laughs) to see what we might experience. Uh, Tramier currently sit in 17th, one place above Swindon with only goal difference separating the two sides. A victory would see Town climb just the one place, 
But if results go against us, then Swindon might go into the Harrogate game in 19th. It's an, I do think the season's done, but for all sorts of other reasons, I think this is an absolute must win for Swindon Town, whatever your outlook is on the final 12 games. And I think this is a really, really good chance for Swindon to get back-to-back wins. I really, really do. And I go as far as saying I expect it too. That that does feel far. It does, doesn't it? I mean, we haven't had back-to-back wins since November. I was super relaxed about this until Max threw some stats at me in the last episode. And it turns out we've got an awful record against Tramier. Uh, this decade, for which we have played five times against Tramier. We've we've won none of them. We've drawn two of them and lost three. But my head, Joe, has been firmly in the sand because I be I was thinking back to, well, I think we always beat Tramier. Well, between October 2009 and January 2019, we played them 10 times, for which we won nine of them and drew the other one without losing. So maybe that's why I think <laughs> Tramier should be a banker we've got to be looking to get a positive result. Yeah, for, for sure. We kind of find ourselves now in, in a, a four-team league uh, in the most depressing way possible for 17th. Uh, with ourselves, Tranmere, Salford and Doncaster, who are now kind of all quite close to each other. Um, I think, is it Doncaster, have a, it was Doncaster or Salford have a game in hand on us, um, which can make it even worse. But yeah, if you know, and it does really feel like if we're going to beat anyone, surely it has to be Tranmere at home. Uh, bring back the, the Joe Romanski days. I believe it was his only goal for the club. Yes, yes, it was. Um, so, you know, get, get but bring back the... I'm sure he'd, he'd be happy to come in and deliver a motivational speech, but you know, we need to... In the battle for 17, we do need to come out as, as the victors. We're at home, you know. I think you, you you obviously mentioned the the away game. That kind of felt like the if I was to if I was to be asked, could you name one game to sort of sum up Swindon's season? It would be that one where we didn't play great. Dan Kemp said something awesome, and then we were awful after half time and lost anyway. Um, that 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 one would feel like it sums it up quite nicely. So uh, a, a bit of just a bit of something to be different and and actually get a proper result and head into the Harrogate game. Uh, feeling slightly better about ourselves would be nice. Then I would expect more of the same against Harrogate as well. But, God, it was a different time, wasn't it? Uh, Joe Romanski's game. And just look at it now, and it's all coming flooding back. Tramia going into a racing into a two-goal lead. Then they get Jay Harris sent off after 18 minutes, and we rally back. Some names on the team sheet, of course. Goal scorer for the first goal. Elijah Adebayo, and coming on for uh, 36 minutes, uh, Stephen Alzate. <laughs> um, they did all right, didn't they? Like the team we had under Phil Brown. Is this us? I think this was our second home game. We won the first home game 3 2 as well. Oh. That one against Mac Town. So, uh, you know, it was, we were having quite a fun start to the season. If we it were, a bit, I guess, a bit like this season, it was still pretty blatant. We were awful. But. You know, we we were having some fun and having crazy games. So, I mean, we don't. I'm not saying it has to be three two and a Swindon win, but why not? You know, let's 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 bring let's bring a bit of fun back. Gunning was all about the vibes last season. It feels like the vibes are particularly poor right now. So let's <laughs> let's have a few of them back. Yeah, 
Yeah, that'd be nice. That'd be nice. Uh, yeah, so what are your expectations here? I've, I'm saying it must be a win. It has to be a win. I'm expecting a win, but that's just me. Uh, it's baseless, but I still am entitled to expect, and I think a lot of people will be in agreement with myself. Where's your head at? Well, I, I saw that Luke Norris came off the bench for his first appearance for quite some time in Tranmere's last game and came out in cold sweats. So... Um... <laughs> That's, um, I, I think I've, I, it's tough for me to expect wins when I get, when I watch all of the games and have know exactly what happened in the last ones. But, you know, Tramir are clearly not Stockport, are they? So, yeah, if we can perform in anything in close to the way we did against Gillingham, Salford, those kind of games, and then I think we should be expecting to win. It's it's home against a bad team. As bad as we are, we should we should be expecting to win. Yeah. Yeah, Luke Norris doesn't have a great record in terms of goals against Swindon. He's only scored once against Swindon, but we do tend to lose against Luke Norris' side. So um, I, I'd prefer him to score on Tuesday night and us win, please. I guess I guess that sort of chucks him into the, the club with your Andy Cooks and, and uh, Matt Smiths that we were talking about a few weeks ago in terms of the, the top strikers that seem to struggle against Swindon, maybe. I kind of consider Tramier a bit of a Swindon of the North. I, 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 I sort of think about Tramier in terms of when I was growing up and they, they got they got so close to the Premier League a couple of times. One of the teams denying them, of course, was Swindon in 92-93. Uh, they got to League Cup final. They, they were always around and then they, they plummeted. They did get... Uh, knocked into the National League and I, I look at their squad and I think it's it's half decent yet they they again seem to just perennially be stuck in this in this churn of League Two and I just sometimes want sometimes think it's just destiny for some clubs in in lieu of maybe a season or two where things are good Tramia just seem to be in this state of they should be doing better but they're not and they're not going to go down but Oh dear, I, I find that very relatable. Yeah, there's, there's something very that really rings home about what you've just described. I guess uh, the pair of us and these days Bradford are sort of the probably the most depressed sides in the division where we all think we should be good, but we haven't been for so long that we can't really expect it anymore. Completely agree. Oh, I've, I've got to make my peace with some things, haven't I? So what did Gavin Gunning say about Tramier beyond that he's a fan of Rob Apter? He's a, he's a big fan of Rob Actor, and which I found interesting because I think Kieran Morris didn't get a didn't get a shout out at all, and he's probably been their key player this season. But uh, it was he was also very positive about Nigel Adkins. Um, I think technically speaking, when we were slated to play Tranmere before, he was also he he said a, a similar thing. Um, but yeah, he was he was very positive about the kind of the, the turnaround they'd done because they're around playing Swindon. But, uh, just before Christmas, uh, they were they were on that good run, which led them away from uh, much like ourselves away from relegation. Um, and so he, he was positive about him, and he talked about uh, Jennings as striker as being very positive. And then he was again uh, he mentioned Norris. I'd already I'd already figured out that he was going to play and score um, by this point. But he said, you know, those two as, as kind of big targets up front were were very. Uh, uh, good players and then Rob Actor as you mentioned uh, described as a live wire and I feel like there's at least one player per team that Gavin Gunning will describe as a live wire but um, he was he was very very positive about him as a player but then ultimately he said that 
he's he's looking forward to it and he's expecting Swindon get the three points. Yeah, Jordan Turnbull got his season brace the other week, didn't he? So you know he's he's not prolific, but he 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 did. I think though there is only two goals of the season. So usually my sort of little guess is Jordan Turnbull when he gets sent off or when he score against us. And then I looked it up; he's never scored against us, but he has been sent off once. So uh, this this law of sod thing that I apply isn't an exact science, clearly. No, unfortunately, the the law of sod isn't isn't as strong as it always feels in your head. So this this always happens, and you check it away. It's, it's happened. It sort of half happened once. And and then you built it up, but yeah, I think you know it, he does feel like an absolute banker for a red card at times, Jordan Turnbull. Um, and if we still had Elise Angelo, I would back them both to sort of um, like in Blades of Glory, where they do the um, where the, the the two titular skaters kind of um, slide tackle each other on the ice. I would back them both to do that, and both get sent off for the exact same tackle. Um, but alas, we we aren't in the Elise Angelo years anymore. Uh, so we we probably don't really have a player who's going to do that, and I think many would argue that that's the problem. Blades of Glory, I saw that cinema. Ah, it's my favourite film. How old were you in 2007? I was seven years old. I don't think I saw it in cinemas. <laughs> I don't think you would have been allowed to, legally, sir. Gosh, time flies, doesn't it? Incredibly, 70% on Rotten Tomatoes, which is much higher than I thought. Not that I dislike it, but it's a it's a silly film. It does definitely feel like something that would be far lower on Rotten Tomatoes, but... It's just a good time. People should watch it. It's 6.3 on IMDb. That, for a for a comedy of that era, is pretty much Academy nomination worthy. 6.3. That's the public, the, the online public of IMDb are pro Blades of Glory. Incredible. The, the people are fans, and, and you can see why. It's, it's just a, a, you know, ice skating films in general, surprisingly good. I don't know if you've seen I, Tonya, but... A very different vibe of a film, but also a very good film about ice skating. And I do not care about ice skating whatsoever. Oh, but when the Olympics comes on, you become an expert. <laughs> well, of course, I know everything about the Bolero. <laughs> Let's, the, somehow, this is this is overran far more than I expected. So shall we go to the Joe Zone? Let's go. With the captains, as mentioned, you've played a lot of the top sides so far. You're now playing, I guess, the clash for 17th against the side in relatively similar form. <laughs> to, to to you at the moment does this feel like it's a good opportunity to sort of take stock of where you are and prove what progress you've made so far in your time in the job yeah possibly I think you can't you can't just judge it listen if we grant we have a stink we stink the place out tomorrow it'll be it happens in football you can't you can't sometimes it's it's this thing where you get you're so fixated on something and thinking this is the game, this is the game. No, that if you are doing the right processes, the results will come. That's the thing. Like people obviously are are fickle in football all the time. Whether it's fans, whether it's people who work in football, whatever. This it is a results business, but if you can see the the different dynamic of a team and how it's evolving, then you, I suppose, you can kind of grin and bear it a little bit whereas if it's not getting any better and it's still the same all crap then you're you get it's like tumbleweed in it yeah and when you are thinking about stuff like that how much of your thought process in terms of developing this side is on getting those or, or getting the sort of to the finishing point as quick as possible and how much of it is kind of thinking in the longer term and how to make this team as good as it can be 
maybe it's too early to think about next season already, but yeah. you know, I think the, the team season, having things in place. I think the team for it to evolve next season will need a lot of it. It, it will need a change in approach. I think possibly mindset. As I think, still like you look at the Gillingham game, like mindset of like we have fifty eight chances, we can't score a Salford. It's like having that killer instinct about you, not 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 giving them that chance when it's late. Can you be tighter together, compact leaders? Like we have, we have some good experienced players who do well. Probably possibly need a couple more, but it's not even that. It, it to be a leader, you might be you could be seventeen year old, but you communicate well and you like. Tell people where to go, what to do. You set a standard. A leader isn't just someone who's barking orders on a pitch. It's like, do you lead by example? Like, is it your style of play? How you perform? Like Stephen Gerrard, he didn't bark orders. Right? He, was, he was a leader by his approach and his commitment and his like his quality on the pitch. That can also be a leader. And finally, um, based on what you've done so far, if you were Clem Morphooning, would you be giving you the job uh, on a full time basis? I don't know. It's it's a it's a tough one for me to answer. Of it, um, I obviously feel like I've given the the team a different style of play. Um, we didn't get the points we should have. That's football. No excuses from me. It happens. We didn't kill the teams off, but still twelve games to go. I'm hoping that we can win a high percentage of them and then finish off the league really well. Thank you very much. Cheers. But there we go. Did you get what you needed? Is the first question. Yes, uh, as I said, I arguably used up too many of the the big picture questions too quickly in terms of the 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 not quite run in period. But uh, it was it was it was some interesting things to come out of this. I think for sure, um, in terms of the very very quick just descent into Gavin Gunning being Michael Flynn with, with an Irish accent. In terms of the uh, <laughs> we need a better attitude from the players. Uh, but slightly nicer than when Flynn would have said it. But it, it's interesting, and, and in, a, in a way that again, it feels like it is. It's his team. Um, to to is his job to lose still, and uh, continuing to talk about the future in that open way, which I feel like most interims probably would not. Yeah, the, the the one thing I took from from your conversation, which unfortunately for you is is not really the point of anything that you were going to ask, was a uh, <laughs> was the bit where you managed to squeeze in. This is the I, don't, I can't remember the exact quote. The battle for seventeenth, and he didn't take exception to that because my goodness, you've been you've been done for far. <laughs> worse I thought God, he's cruising for a bruise in here <laughs> I think I would have been thrown out the room if I'd said that to Michael Flynn but um, you're, you're also here in the audio I, I make a weird sort of noise after I've said that that's because he makes a, he makes a funny face at me when I've said it so he reacts but um, uh, Gunning I, I feel like Gunning and I generally get on fairly well so, so he's, he's just sort of uh, he, he. I think I also mentioned it on Saturday as possibly why in terms of a battle for 17th but um, it, it, uh, I, I think he finds sees the funny side of, of that as a concept. Okay, you got away with it. I think he, he likes to test Andrew from time to time by asking him questions. You're not far away from being asked ask questions yourself. Yeah, I, I, I think if I continue to uh, to be as, as free and liberal with with my questioning as that, then I, I probably will be just sort of constantly have questions asked to me and that's that's probably not a place i want to put myself in so i might have to tread carefully 
please do, please do. Okay, let's let's close with predictions. I've given up. Um, I don't think I can catch you up, even though the maths are there. It's very much like Swindon season. Got to have a positive mindset, but I keep on making these mistakes. Swindon Town three, Travia Rovers one. Oh, that's well, we said we won the fun back, don't we? I'm gonna I'm gonna sort of Maverick again. When I got the call to clean I'm gonna call the I'm pretty certain first time this season back to back clean sheets and say two nil to Swindon. Oh. I was going to go 2-0, but I thought, no, be bold, be brave. Justify going to Swindon with this cold. And uh, Albuzetti's going to do something. I don't know what. Could be good. Could be bad. He's going to do something. That's generally a spectrum, I would suggest, in terms of uh, but continuing his... And I think we are now pos- properly seeing it. The, the Alan O'Brien of the TikTok era. Uh, and continue just to sort of do, do things at, almost at random. And uh, I'm sure they won't be they won't be ready for his, his mix of electric pace and inability to kick the ball with his left foot. <laughs> well, I'm looking forward to it, Joe. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, Rich. The Low Strangers is an independent supporters podcast. The views given do not reflect those of Swindon Town Football Club or their official partners. The music for the presser is provided by the awesome Drag Me Down and the podcast logo is created by the most splendid Matt in Singapore. Thanks for listening. Come on you Reds! Come on Swindon! Hi Ellis Pod fans, it's JR here. If Swindon players were McDonald's items, who would they be? We've had lots of Big Macs like the legendary Alan McLaughlin, Harry McCurdy or even Steve McMahon. Perhaps you'd prefer to channel the power of McPlant like Darren Ward or maybe five chicken selects, one to enjoy for each time Ben Gladwin joined. Yep, there's one spare but there's still time. And you don't need super scouts or data solutions to get your hands on any of these. McDelivery through the McDonald's app brings them all to you. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is, that's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times.